0: It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eatin' Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! This is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, Now I do five podcasts over the course of seven days of the week. Funny how that works, I guess. You can check us out on social media, at Ross Tucker Pod. My personal accounts are at Ross Tucker NFL for Twitter and Instagram and TikTok or Facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. You can always check out the show, and I know a lot of you do now, on YouTube, Either just to have the video there or to have it playing on your laptop or your device while you're doing other work, which is cool. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. We are continuing Joe's epic Tears of Dolan, which we absolutely love. And by Joe, of course, I mean Joe Dolan at FG underscore Dolan on Twitter. He is the fantasy gangster, he is the man over at FantasyPoints.com, which I don't know how many guys. do. You, you guys have over 20 people now, don't you, Joe? You count everybody up, contributors, everybody. It feels like
1: it. Yeah, we do. I mean, um, we have we a have small number of full-time employees, but we're expanding. Um, we're getting into the data charting business as well, Ross, because you know our guys, Graham Barfield and Scott Barrett, who are really our data analysts, we're getting frustrated with some of the lack of forward-facing things um in terms of of fantasy tools out there so we were like why don't we just do it ourselves so we're getting into that ross we are expanding at fantasypoints.com but smartly you don't want to you don't want to expand stupidly you don't want to just go out all right let's just pay 400 people no we we, it's got to be the right people so that that's exactly what we're doing
0: well and you're doing it very very well um i can tell you that much right right now i love being on the site and love that our listeners can go over there and use the code 22FEAST and be able to get a big-time discount on what already is the best value among any fantasy information websites I'm aware of because it's more than fantasy, and you guys are priced uh, very affordably compared to some of your competition. It's awesome. Uh, Speaking of awesome, Joe, we are continuing the Tears of Dolan, and I want some feedback, by the way, on this song. Brian, our producer, hates it. I love it. I think it's hilarious. The only part I don't necessarily love about it is if you watch us on YouTube, Joe and I don't really know what to do. On, yeah, can we get an overplay um, or something? <laughs> yeah, on, on the show like while the song is playing. So that might be worth subscribing, youtube.com slash Tucker NFL in and of itself, just to see what Joe and I do over the course of the next like twenty seconds. Will I win my league If I'm following Joe Dolan Joe Am I drafting Zeke If I'm following Joe Dolan, I'm at the turn, two pigs to burn, but I know I won't go wrong with tears of Joe Dolan. All right, Joe. That song is elite. Let's talk about the wide receivers that are elite. And in this case, that means in your mind, should be taken at the top of the first round, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, and Jamar Chase.
1: Each one of these guys has had a historically great season in each of the past two years. Justin Jefferson had the greatest rookie receiver season of all time until Jamar Chase had it this year. Cooper Cup is coming off the greatest wide receiver season of all time, essentially. I mean, in the majority of drafts you do, or at least I've done so far, all three of these guys will go in the top five alongside Jonathan Taylor and Christian McCaffrey. The age of the wide receiver is upon us. These guys lead that charge.
0: What do you think about that, by the way, Joe? You never I used mean, to have receivers. It used to be running backs for the first six or seven picks every year, maybe the whole first round. What are your thoughts on taking receivers that high
1: well i look uh, I think it's justified, and especially in best ball where wide receivers spike weeks and, and and they they have they're they're a little more volatile than running backs, but they have spike weeks that a lot of running backs just simply cannot achieve. Our guy Scott Barrett just broke down for season-long leagues, though, in, in a piece called Anatomy of a League Winner, where he argues that running backs are still king. The problem is with running backs still being king, and I totally agree with his, his findings, the problem is running backs get hurt more often. So you have to identify the right running back, and then he's got to stay on the field. So there's a little – not that not that these receivers can't get hurt. Of course they can. But it, it – it, it brings the luck of fantasy into it a little bit more, and I think it's very easy, and if you listen to the running back tiers, I think there's some really great second-round running backs where you can still come out of a draft with a with a potential Belcal League-winning running back in the second round while also having a Cooper Cup on your team. It's a hard proposition to beat.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty good. Uh, it's a pretty good point. I don't know. I still guess I'd feel comfortable with running backs, but I understand why people are taking these guys so high.
1: Yeah, and look, I mean, these guys have had each each one of these guys has had a historically great season within the last two years. Historically great. So, kind of hard to argue with that.
0: All right. So you have a tier that you call the remainder of the magnificent seven. I like that. So we got the three guys elite top of the first round. Then you've got Devontae Adams, C.D. Lamb, Debo Samuel, and Stefan Diggs.
1: So John Hansen's really been pushing this magnificent seven uh narrative on his Sirius XM radio show. And essentially it's like he thinks there's seven true like hammer wide receiver ones because again. Just because there's 12 teams in your league doesn't mean everybody's going to have a hammer wide receiver one. It's just like how in 32 major league teams, not every team's going to have an ace pitcher. They're going to have a a best pitcher, but not everybody's going to have an ace. And I think you can make an argument Mike Evans should be in this tier, but these are guys who don't have necessarily the upside or the production of of Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Devontae Adams does have that but he's on a new team and that has to be taken into account. And as much as he's bros with Derek Carr, Derek Carr is not Aaron Rodgers. C.D. Lamb, you can easily project C.D. Lamb. I mean, you could could argue he's in in the mix to lead the NFL in targets this year, but his production to this point has been a little bit of a disappointment for fantasy. Um, You can say all you want. He was a disappointment last year with where he finished. Debo Samuel, the contract issue, he's – he doesn't want to play the wide back anymore, uh, which I totally agree, uh, understand because wide receivers get paid more than running backs and they last longer. Um, but Debo Samuel, if you look at his production early last season, he was getting elite wide receiver production without any carries. So by all means do that, but he's also going to be in an offense that runs the ball more with Trey Lance at quarterback. Stefan Diggs, not a not an elite season last year, but a very good one in the past happiest offense in the NFL more than defensible as a first round pick, all of these guys.
0: Now you got some second round picks with upside, Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill and DJM, Who's DJ, that? Moore. DJ
1: Moore, who I moved uh, up because of Baker Mayfield, because ba- say what you want about Baker Mayfield, he ain't Sam Donald, and that's a good thing. So I love DJ Moore. I'm willing to take him at, at the top end of the third round, back end of the second, um, because I think he's going to produce. I think he's one of the most talented receivers in all of football. Mike Evans, his resume speaks for itself. He's playing with Tom Brady, but they did just sign Julio Jones, and I'm not overreacting to the Julio Jones signing. My, I, don't, I don't even think I have him listed in a tier here, but... My whole thing with Julio Jones is it all depends on cost. If that's a move that all the fishies love and all the fish who start drafting in August and, and September are going to start drafting him in the ninth and 10th round, then I'm out. If everybody's like, oh, Julio's washed, then I'll draft him late in my drafts and maybe he's still got something left in him. But it's enough to take just a little bit away from Mike Evans, in my opinion. Tyreek Hill, I'll, I'll fully admit, I've had, is a player I've struggled with. Um, because I, I I don't know what this offense or quarterback is going to look like, but we know Tyree Kill is a Hall of Fame level talent and a guy that they paid the money they paid the package they paid for him. They're going to use him. and so I'll take him in the second round.
0: Yeah, I was a little bit surprised he's not in a higher tier, Tyree Kill. But
1: I mean, you the don't Mahomes really to a not really
0: now two is going to play. They yeah. have Jalen Waddle there.
1: Just a lot of question marks with him. Yeah, that that I mean, the two thing. The offense, uh, the competition for targets from Waddle, who you can argue is a very similar player stylistically, that's all enough for me to be a little leery with Tyreek Hill.
0: Then you've got guys that you term ideal third-round picks. T. Higgins, you've got A.J. Brown, Michael Pittman, Keenan Allen.
1: Yeah, so – um Higgins is a number two on his own team, but we love the Bengals because they're narrow. You know, I talked to a Bengals analyst for a podcast just last week, and I asked him to come up with like a fantasy sleeper for the Bengals. And he's like, this is so hard because the Bengals give the ball to like five guys. And T. Higgins is one of them. Um, T. Higgins wants to show out, by the way, because... I, I I think he might be a guy who down the line ends up on another team just because they're going to have to pay Burrow and Chase is such a generational talent. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but I think T. Higgins wants to prove he's a number one. I think the Eagles are going to throw the ball more. I think A.J. Brown is a perfect fit for what they do offensively. I think he and Devontae Smith might complement each other as well as any top two wide receivers in the entire NFL based on where Smith wins vis-a-vis where Brown wins. But, of course, it's Jalen Hurts. You're still going to run the ball quite a bit. But A.J. Brown has produced in a situation. If you go back and listen to the podcast we did after the A.J. Brown trade, um, I broke down all those numbers where A.J. Brown was a number one hammer fantasy wide receiver in a season in which Derrick Henry ran for 2,000 yards. So he could produce in a low-volume passing game. Michael Pittman is a big breakout candidate for me. In 13... Of his 14 NFL seasons, Matt Ryan has supported a wide receiver one, meaning top 12, in fantasy points per game. Who are the other wide receivers in Indianapolis? Paris Campbell, who's played like three games in 12 years. Alec Pierce is rookie. They didn't sign Julio. They might bring back T.Y. Hilton, but he's watched. I'll take Michael Pittman. And then there's Professor Keen bean Keenan Allen. Just slow and steady wins the race. He does it each and every year. Justin Herbert is an elite quarterback. That's an elite offense. I'll buy into Keenan Allen.
0: How about, Joe, what you are terming new situation number ones? Deontay Johnson, Jalen Waddell, Terry McLaurin, Hollywood Brown, Darnell Mooney, how are you calling Jalen Waddle a number well, one?
1: Because Jalen Waddle caught hundred passes last year, so they, he had he's the one who didn't really fit into this tier as like a number one, but he produced like one last year. But the situation, for whatever reason, the situations here are different. Either it's a guy on a new team, as is the case with Hollywood Brown, a guy in a new system, as is the case with you know, Waddle and Darnell Mooney, or a guy with a new quarterback, as is the case for Deontay Johnson and Terry McLaurin. These guys are getting drafted some after some of the other guys, maybe who may have been more productive then, simply because there's a little bit of a question mark about their situation. These guys are typically going in the third and fourth rounds of drafts, um, but are appealing because of their – production because of their role in the offense. So they're guys that I'm dabbling in. But, like, for instance, let's, let's just look at Deontay Johnson. Do, do I know if Kenny Pickett and or Mitchell Trubisky is going to be as in love with throwing the ball to Deontay as Ben Roethlisberger was? I don't know that. And a lot of Deontay Johnson's production was because of volume. And that's an uncharted territory here, and that's why these guys are listed a little bit of a tier below some of the other guys.
0: Interesting. What do you think about Hollywood Brown? He's on PUP, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, I've drafted him a metric ton because he's been easy to stack with Kyler Murray. Um, uh, hopefully hopefully these these PUP overreactions. Uh, well, by the way, we're recording this. If you're listening to this, we're recording this last week, if that makes sense. I'm yes. recording it right now, but, we, but when you're listening to this, it's last week. Uh, so Hollywood Brown might be off the PUP by now. But uh, yeah, he's a guy I've been drafting a lot. I think... As we said, is he really going to produce more in Arizona? He was a top 10 receiver in total targets last year.
0: Mr. Steady Eddie, Brandon Cooks. nobody ever, his own category.
1: I mean, he didn't really fit in to any anything else. He's in the same offense or a similar situation as last year with Davis Mills at quarterback. He just signed an extension. I mean – Brandon Cooks, you can get him as a wide receiver three on any team, and you know he's going to produce top 20 wide receiver numbers. That's what he's always done. Still like 28 years old, by the way, even though it feels like he's been around forever.
0: he really has. And, I mean, well, especially because he gets traded every year. There's some Brandon Cooks transaction every year. Yeah, well,
1: I think that might be why, even though I was kind of surprised, quite frankly, that he signed an extension with the Texans, but he's maybe he's just sick of moving around the country. He's like... I'm producing the. Give me my money, man. I'm stick. I'm staying put. I don't want to move anymore.
0: What about you? Got three guys in the breakout candidates category. Gabe Davis, I understand. Rashad Bateman, I understand. Mike Williams in the breakout candidate bucket, I think is interesting.
1: Well, I I, I put him here because he's not a, he's not a number one. That's Keenan Allen. And in my next tier, I have guys in new situations who aren't number one, but he's not in a new situation. My my, my question here is we saw at the beginning of last year that like the first month of last season, it looked like Mike Williams was going to be a league-winning wide receiver. And he produced, but his production really fell off after that first month. If Keenan Allen is a step slower this year, and I still have him ranked as a third-round pick, excuse me, Maybe this is the year Mike Williams becomes the alpha one in a Justin Herbert offense, and we know what kind of production that could be. That could be Mike Evans-level production. So that's why I have him here. Even though he's already broken out, I wonder if there's another step to the Mike Williams experience. You know, they paid him, and they paid him early in the offseason, $20 million a year. They like Mike Williams, and that's why I have him here in this in this tier, although he doesn't fit neatly or as snugly as Gabe Davis and Rashad Baton fit.
0: You know, then you have, um, Joe, another category, which is interesting.
1: New situation, but not number ones. Well, I have Jerry, Judy, and Cortland Sutton both listed here. And the only reason I have them here is like, I'm not really sure which of those guys is going to be the number one. You know, I think Sutton more neatly fits into that. Oh, he's Russell Wilson's ex-receiver guy. But Judy can play the Tyler Lockett role very well. Allen Robinson's in a great spot, but he's not the number one here. We know Cooper Cup is uh, with with um, with uh, the Rams. And I new situation is probably a little bit uh, – I stretched the definition for Devontae Smith and Elijah Moore because they're in the same offense, but they also are guys who added some elite target competition this offseason. Devontae Smith is obvious in A.J. Brown. Elijah Moore – he gets Garrett Wilson, one of the top ten picks in the NFL draft, to come in and and a battle for targets. So that's why these guys are a little bit down the board. Devontae Smith's been a guy who I've I think I just I just think AJ Brown opens up the world for Devontae Smith, who is going to be so freaking hard to cover when he gets a free release off the line of the scrimmage as the, as the Z receiver.
0: You've got some guys that you're calling disrespected PPR gods, which I love. Amon Ross St. Brown, Hunter Renfro. I'm a big fan of your disrespected category. We talked about it last week with some of the running backs. These guys are disrespected. Why is it? Just because well, they're slot guys or not? Yeah, a lot it's of-
1: slot rock guys, not a lot of depth of target, you know, with the Lions – Amon Ross St. Brown came came basically of age last year when they really had no other options. And I think people are wondering, you know, they drafted Jameson Williams. They brought in DJ Chark. He can't possibly do as what he did last year. But, I mean, this was a guy who was from weeks 13 to 18, a six-week stretch last year, the overall wide receiver two behind Cooper Cup. And he's going in like the fifth and sixth round of drafts. I am buying on that with Amon Ross St. Brown. And I think Hunter Renfro is one of the most mispriced players in all of fantasy football right now, especially if you're in a PPR league. What we have here is a young receiver, by the way. Hunter Renfro, I believe, is 26, 27 years old. He is is 26. He turns 27 in December. He is recently extended by the same team he's been on. He's coming off a 100-catch season. And he is like an eighth-round pick in fantasy football. Now, I understand Devontae Adams is there. But Hunter Renfro, to me, is a guy Derek Carr trusts. He is one of the single most mispriced players in all of fantasy football to me. I You can draft him as a wide receiver four. I'll take him on any team because he produced as a wide receiver two last year. I, look, I, I understand Devontae Adams is going to be there to be the Alpha X receiver. But Hunter Renfro is a young receiver coming off a 100-catch season who just got an extension with his team. And he's five, six rounds cheaper than Jalen Waddell, who you might argue is in a similar situation. with are the worst quarterback, by the way.
0: Well, the only thing I would say about Hunter Renfro is his new head coach, play caller, whatever, has a demonstrated history of feeding that position. Yeah. And I, I, featuring I, look, that guy.
1: Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, look, I know it's a trope, but the slot receiver. If you want to throw in white slot receiver, does really freaking well in the Josh McDaniels offense. And that's, look, um, Jacoby Myers caught 88 passes last year. So, look, there's plenty of room for Hunter Renfro to produce in this offense.
0: How about, uh, you got a couple guys in what you're calling the quarterback issues tier. I mean, DK Metcalf, Amari Cooper.
1: DK Metcalf is like five rounds more expensive than Tyler Lockett, despite having the same quarterback issues. For the love of God, Jimmy Garoppolo, go there and please help cure, cure uh, them of what ails them. And Amari Cooper, as, as of the recording right now, Ross, we have not heard about a Deshaun Watson suspension, which can come at any moment, I understand. But that, there's a reason why Amari Cooper is falling down draft boards now if Deshaun Watson isn't suspended for whatever reason, Amari Cooper is probably going to end up in that third, fourth round range of guys like, uh, uh, put him in the new situation number ones tier with Deontay Johnson, Jalen Waddell, Terry McLaurin, and all those guys.
0: Then you have, speaking of suspension, you have injury suspension issues. Interesting that as when we're recording this, Chris Godwin, uh, I don't blink, blink he was put on PUP, Michael Thomas is back and practicing today. We're recording this July 27th uh, because of some travel when you guys are listening to this. We know about DeAndre Hopkins in the suspension and then Adam Thielen. Does the fact that Michael Thomas is back and Godwin wasn't on PUP, does that change your opinion at all?
1: Michael Thomas hasn't scored a regular season touchdown in nearly three years. So, I mean... There's still a lot of questions here. Godwin is a guy that by the time you listen to this, his ADP will be rising. Of course, the Buccaneers also brought Julio Jones into the fold, which might suppress it a little bit. Um, Our guy Edwin Porras, who's our injury expert at Fantasy Points, isn't convinced Godwin's going to be 100%. The Bucs have no reason to push him, though. And they just signed him to an extension. So they obviously believe that he's kind of ready to go. Um, These are just guys who, for whatever reason – people aren't pulling the trigger on some of them I'm in on more than others I'm in on Godwin more than I'm in on Thomas I'm in on Thielen more than I'm in on Hopkins Thielen by the way is he 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 didn't fit neatly into this tier but he was banged up last year and he's in his 30s now which certainly is a um not not necessarily a harbinger of doom for a wide receiver but certainly you'd rather your guy be 28 29 than 32 33.
0: You've got a top-tier rookies category. There's only two guys, Sky Moore and Drake
1: London. Yeah, because of opportunity here. Kansas City has a million targets available. Sky Moore's already been making plays in training camp. I hate that phrase, turning heads, but that's what he's been doing. Uh, Drake London, target opportunity in Atlanta. I know Drake London was a polarizing prospect on draft Twitter, um, certainly even among Um, some of the bigger names. Greg Cosell didn't love him. Other guys did. Uh, But there's going to be opportunity for him in Atlanta to produce. And with the lack of – he is facing a less competition for targets than guys like Chris Olave, Jahan Dotson, Garrett Wilson, which is why Drake London is getting drafted earlier than them.
0: Then you have a category, middle-round guys in new spots. Christian Kirk, Russell Gage, whom I know you love, Robert Woods, Juju Smith-Schuster, MBS. Given the money they pay him, isn't there a chance that Christian Kirk's more than this?
1: Yes, um, but this is where he's getting drafted, essentially, it's around these guys. Russell Gage's ADP is going to fall after the Julio Jones signing. That's the one guy who I'm convinced it's going to fall. There's going to fall for two reasons. Number one, Chris Godwin's not on the PUP number two, Julio Jones gets signed. So Russell Gage's ADP is going to fall, um, which is much more palatable to me because he was, I loved him this offseason and even he was getting way too expensive for my tastes. Um, Christian Kirk, I'll buy on, even though people think he got overpaid and maybe he did, but they gave him a lot of money. Robert Woods, eh, he's fine. Ninth, ninth, 10th round pick is like a wide receiver five. I don't really have a lot of love for that, but it's fine. Especially if I have some upside guys who I drafted earlier I am on the record. I've planted my flag. I think Juju Smith-Schuster is way too expensive vis-a-vis Sky Moore and especially MVS. There is a chance I'm wrong. He's playing with uh, Patrick Mahomes. But based on the the draft capital invested in Moore, based on the money they gave MVS, which was a lot more than they gave Juju, I'd much rather have MVS at cost than Juju. So I am ranking Juju way below where he is going uh, in drafts.
0: Middle round again, but these are the breakout candidates: Kadarius Tony, Alan Lazard, Brandon Ayuk, Rondell Moore.
1: <laughs> I saw my autocorrected it to Mondale Moore, the uh, the, the failed vice presidential candidate, uh, <laughs> uh, Walter Mondale, that is. Uh, K- Kadarius Tony, um, look, everybody hates him. There was the trade rumors, but he's supremely talented, and he's and he's discounted. I'll take him. Alan Lazard. Very well could be the number one wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers, and he's like a 10th-round pick. Hello, Christian Christian Watson, as of recording, is on the PUP list, by the way, the rookie wide receiver. Brandon Ayuk uh, didn't really fit him neatly into a category. You know they're going to be more run-heavy with Trey Lance vis-a-vis uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, but um, he's somebody I've been investing in and then Rondale Moore, I don't really know what to do with, but Cl- Cliff Kingsbury did say he's going to have to step up with Christian Kirk moving on. Maybe that means more deep targets for Rondale Moore, who was essentially used like a running back last year.
0: You got a whole category of boring middle-round vets. Tyler Lockett, Tyler Boyd, Kenny Galladay.
1: Yeah, Tyler Lockett's a guy who, I mean... I've drafted only because he is so much cheaper than DK Metcalf, and their situation is exactly the same. So Tyler Lockett's a guy who's just falling down. Nobody, These are guys nobody wants to draft. Tyler Lockett's falling down boards because – He's inconsistent first and foremost, but now they've got the bad quarterback situation. Yet DK Metcalf remains pretty expensive. There's a little bit of a disconnect there. I'll buy Tyler Lockett on the chance that they actually get quarter, competent quarterback play, whether it's one of the two guys they have or they trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Tyler Boyd, wide receiver five, I'll take him all days in one of the best offenses in football. I'm not as in on Kenny Galladay. I'd much rather have Canarius Tony. They're priced similarly, but I could see why you might be more optimistic with the Brian Dable offense.
0: Last but not least, the next tier of rookies. You have it: Jahan Dotson, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Traylon Burks. Not as high because you don't think they have as much of an opportunity. I'm assuming
1: right. And Traylon Burks just got off to a bad start. Now, in theory, he's got great target opportunity. You might argue he's got better opportunity than Drake London because he doesn't have to contend with Kyle Pitts. But he just got off to a better uh, to a bad start. Alave, I think, is a certain kind of receiver. I think ideally he's somebody who catches like 50 balls for 750 yards for them, which isn't going to be great for fantasy. Dotson and Garrett Wilson have a lot of target competition. And then I haven't even listed Christian Watson, who I think is ridiculously overpriced at this point.
0: His name is Joe Dolan. He's an absolute stud. Please follow this man on social media at FG underscore Dolan. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We're at Ross Tucker pod love fantasy points.com and that code 22 feast. Love those of you that rate and review the show. Please spread the word about these awesome tiers. It's been fantastic. The last few weeks, quarterbacks, running backs today, wide receivers next week, tight ends. And then we'll have plenty of preseason football to talk about and see if we're changing any of these opinions based on it. Other than that, I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and The College Draft, all available at Apple Podcasts, Rostucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile,
1: and the ones who get in early,